Welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. My name is Angel and I am your host. I would like to extend to you this invitation to join me today on a journey of exploration, discovery, and clarity with one of the many guests from the community who is committed to helping us all on our journey of spiritual transformation. Enjoy the show and be prepared to ask questions if you have them. Looking forward to seeing you today, tomorrow, and thereafter. Enjoy. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Spirit Talk Radio. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, I have a really great guest for you today, so you guys be ready for an exciting ride. I've got the Glenn Klausner, Klausner right? Did I say it right? Yes. Klausner here. And Glenn, I'm so excited that you joined us today. Say hello to everybody and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hello, Angel. Thank you for having me back on your show. It's been several years. I know. It's been a while. Yeah, so it's good to see you. And uh, I'm a psychic medium. I've been pretty much that way my whole life, but I've been doing it for a career for now 27 years and for reading people worldwide. And it's a wonderful thing. And I love my job and love being able to connect with so many people. And that's a gift in itself. I, you know, I think that what, what um, I, I've been following you since, um, since you were on the show and it's kind of fun because you have this um, really bright, um, persona, you know, it's not a lot of people I meet that are psychic mediums, like I am a psychic medium, and they have this kind of very kind of stoic presentation. But you are just fun and fabulous, and you. you know, every once in a while you throw these rock and roll pictures up and stuff, and I love that. Is that like, are you like the happiest guy in town? Is that, is that purposeful for you? Or is that just naturally who you are? It, well, first of all, it varies because I'm just as human as anybody else. So I go through the range of emotions where I can feel the highs and lows. And, you know, one minute it could be feeling happy, another minute feeling sad. And especially when you're dealing in the world that we live in and there's the contrast and duality and being empathic and feeling people's stuff. But I make it my business each day for myself that I add up choosing that for myself that I'm going to choose to be happy. Because I know from when I was taught early on by my dad, thank you. I look up with turn to my parents that are in spirit and I thank my dad for this. My dad taught me early on when I was a little boy, he said to me, Glenn, no one can ever provide your happiness to you, but you. But you. That's beautiful. And I remember even in my, about my early twenties, I was at the time I lived here in New York and my dad and my stepmother were living in Florida and I went to visit them. And I remember being clearly uh, being out one day uh, on their, uh, in their pool and laying on a float and my dad was out there. He was talking to me. And what I was about to say was I clearly remember him actually bringing that conversation up to me about that because of some stuff I had been dealing with at that time. And he said, no one can ever bring you your happiness except you. I love that. So it's it's really the choice. And it's getting out of here, out of your head, into your heart, and really doing the best to not let what's going on outside the world affect you. That doesn't mean that we're not compassionate and empathetic for things uh, that are going on or people we love that are having experiences. But that's basically it. I love that. And, I, and I, I agree with you. I think that you get to choose, right? You get to wake up the morning and, you know, no matter what we assign to everybody else, we actually get to choose to walk outside and be who we are. And, you know, as a, as a medium, you, you talk a lot about the energies and how they affect us and all this kind of stuff. And I'm imagining that as, as, a, as a joyous person that you, you probably pull joy to you. Versus- most of the time, I'm lucky. You know, most of the time, I'm lucky because it is a projection of how we put out. But at the same time, I go through a lot of the same range of emotions that people do, as I said. So there could be a morning I wake up and I just really want to spend the day sleeping in bed because I just feel like, hey, like today it's, it's raining in New York, but I knew I had to get up because I have clients, I have your show to do. So it's like I have to get out of bed, and I'm grateful that I got out of bed today. Yes, well, I'm glad you got out of bed, out of bed too. So I'm I don't get to talk a lot to uh, a peer because uh, I talked to so many different people. So, you know, 27 years as a medium, 
you've gone through kind of like the evolution of the of the art, so to speak, and what it looks like today. Because um, back in the day, we used to like go to the bookstores or rent a hall, and the people would come, and we and now we're like on Zoom. Like, yeah. how have you um, evolved? How have you handled this transition and evolution of of the art? Well, the thing about the technology is, first of all, it's it's wonderful that we actually have this with Zoom and uh, social media. So it's embracing it. And basically because we are heading Pluto, which has been in Capricorn for a while, is going about to head into Aquarius. So for the next two decades, a lot of technology is going to start to really become more advanced. And I think the best thing that people like yourself and myself can do is embrace technology, use it uh, to the best that it's there for. And it's a great way of reaching people, right? Because look at what happened, how Zoom came about, for instance, when the pandemic started. And so people at least around the world can communicate this way, even though there was Skype before that, or we have FaceTime with the, especially if you have an iPhone. But this is really a great thing that you can have a Zoom meeting with a whole bunch of people on around the world and dialogue. So. When I used to do seminars in person, even when I lived in Florida, you know, I'd go to a venue and whether it was for 25 people, 50 people, 100, 150 people, it was usually the most 150 people. I never did thousands of people. I wouldn't want to actually, because to me, it's a lot. And I also feel like, you know, I'm even aware that if there's 50 people in the US, there's no way I'm going to be able to reach 50 people, but at least in that kind of setting, it's the chances are that I can do a, num- a good number of readings. And at least everybody there sort of walked away from a positive experience. If I was to speak to thousands of people in a venue and I had to go like all the way 50 rows back, like, hey, who's got Uncle Tom? <laughs> you know, Tom and Jerry as an example. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Uncles Tom and Jerry. And they're like, yes, they're up there somewhere, somebody over there. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's a really, to, to master that is quite... Uh, quite a task in one way but this thing i like with zoom is either way i like them both you know because it's they're both personal it's a great way to connect with people i love that and and i i also like that now you got that ability to touch people without having to go travel all over the world you know you can talk to people in countries I, I've engaged with people, you know, even with this, being able to interview, I, I interviewed last week, I had Australia and the UK and New York and Canada. And I'm like, wow, in just two days, I traveled all over the world. Yeah, It's really super cool. And a lot of um, what I call solo entrepreneurs struggle with embracing technology. And mm. and some of them are resistant to technology. Do you have anything to say to to your peers that, that are in that, in that space. Cause this isn't going away, right? This is only, no. this is only going to get, <laughs> get bigger. Yeah. And, and believe me, I'm old school. Cause we're from the same generation. Like even the musical side of me, the artist is always like, there's an artist side of me. So if I show up and like do an interview with you or do some gig and I just show up, I'm there to do the gig. No problem. Yeah. All the back end stuff, all that technology stuff that people are really, really good at. That's not my forte. So I think if you're willing to learn like anything throughout life of anything, whether it's learning a language, learning how to cook a different meal that you've not cooked before, try something, it's there. So that's the good thing. And it's not going to go away. No. And it's kind of like, remember when a, when emails first came out and like our parents' generation, we got it really quickly, had to send an email, but like somebody that was our parents' age, they didn't understand how to send an email until we taught them. So it's kind of the same thing, but it's a choice whether to embrace it or not. Yeah, and, and so so because we're not going, we're not going back to rotary phones. No, we're not. We're not going to go back to remember AOL. Yeah, you know, we're not going to go back to that. We're going forward, and part of I feel like what I'm what I'm getting is like it's part of that that creation of the next level of our integration and our evolution is is being able to connect different. You know, yeah. now we can touch each other worldwide, which is what we need to do to get rid of all the anger and the all the stuff that we've got going on around right that's true and i will say because you just mentioned aol do you would you believe that i actually still have the same aol email address that i use for amazing probably like 20 years now and the only reason why i've kept it and still use is because so many people have that email address of mine 
So for me to change and go into a whole thing and change it to something else and reaching all the people, it, it would just, it's too much of a hassle for me. So I just rather, as long as it's working That's and right. it's not broke, I'm keeping it. But I don't have the dial up to hear that noise that goes. People don't, you know, I always, always have this joke. Like I remember the old dude lived down the street and he used to always say, oh, I was young, blah, 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 blah. And now here I am. It's like these kids are like my internet could my my Wi-Fi is is slow. I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I remember we had um we lived in a place, a gated community, and people had to punch your number mm-hmm. to open the gate, and we'd be on AOL and we'd get kicked off if somebody came to visit. That's that's old, that's low tech right there. Yeah. We are yeah. now. It's amazing. So now we get to get to the juicy juice. As a medium, you know, what is it that you're passionate about in terms of connecting with clients and, and pulling people? What is it that drives you in your in your process? It's a great question because when dealing with people that have grief over the loss of a loved one, no matter how that person has passed, or just even people who seek me out to have regular psychic readings, like, you know, some guidance about their life, which always, the answers always come from spirits anyway to me, but uh, I really feel that the greatest part of that, the passion part, if you will, is that I still have this love for communicating to non-physical entities, bringing their messages, especially ones that there's no way in the world I could possibly even Google that have just become valid to the client and it may not make any sense to me, but it makes sense to the client. And to have for the client to have peace and closure, that's really, like I said before, one of the greatest gifts that there is. So for me, that part of my job is probably the most passionate. I love that. And, you know, I um, always ask my, my, my medium guests, a lot of people expect you to be kind of different. And I know like when I lost my mother, it was devastating um and a lot of people are like well you're supposed to be you're supposed to know and all this stuff why does it hurt can you speak to that you know because we all are human and we have that connection even though you can touch their spirit it's different from touching their person even for us right yeah and you pretty much just answered because I went through the same thing when my mom passed and it was a little even though I was expecting it and I saw my mom the day before she passed and I was okay with all of that but still getting that phone call, still processing that because you realize, hey, this is a person I spent quite a bit of time with. And now, you know, it's different, even though she came to me right, you know, within the same couple hours after she passed and was dialoguing, you know, what happened to me. And, uh, but I remember, you know, a couple of maybe days later, it really started to sink in with me. Yeah. So, and as one of my friends said the same thing, oh, well, you know, because you're a medium, you could talk to her at any time. And I said, well, that's, that's nor here nor there. She still was my parent. Yeah. So I think the understanding for people that are not memes understand that we go through that also, even though we maybe we have a different viewing of people when they pass and how that is, but still the connectivity, that love, that bond, being next to somebody, being able to touch them, give them a hug or have a laugh with them, have a meal with them. And those are the things yeah. that we miss about not just people, but also animals that we have. Yeah. And we, we miss that physical connection, the sound of the voice, if there's the voice there, because some people some you know don't have a voice. Like obviously dogs don't talk in human words and cats and all that stuff. But, but we, we get them though. We understand them though, right? When they're communicating yeah. with us because they're part of our family. Absolutely. And they're dialoguing with us telepathically. So just that it's the physical presence is what we miss with people. In, in the animals, I, I love, um, I've been hearing more about the animals and, and people that communicate with animals. They are a big part of, of who we are. They love us. They love us, un, you know, with, with no, no judgment, no nothing. Dogs a little more than cats. Cats can be a little punky sometimes, but I love my cat. He's looking at me right now. <laughs> but, you know, when they go, it's the same, right? They can come back to us. Sure. Yeah. And we don't even know they're there sometimes, you know, how do, how do you guide your clients to see the signs and then, and, you know, how to communicate and how to help them through that process of grief and continuing on? 
well, being open to the signs and not expecting it to be a certain way. Even if you ask a loved one to send you, you know, some particular sign, but it's not having an attachment to it. You can ask to send you that sign. But for me personally, like when I see my loved one's birthdays on taxi cabs here in New York City, yellow taxi cabs, they always have three numbers. There's a letter in between the first and second number, but there's always three numbers on these yellow cabs. And when I see my my uncle, which was my mom's brother's birthday, who was his birthday was the day after mine. So when I can be too much in my head and I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden I feel this and I see a cab with his birthday on, I go, ah. And the funny part about that is my uncle was a psychologist who rehab substance users. Wow. So so I know it's his way of saying, get out of your head, you know. And I'll see my mom's birthday. So between him and my mom, there was one day, actually, I actually have a picture of it, even though my uncle Carl's name was spelled with a C. There was I was standing up this way on an avenue and I heard, take your cap, take your phone out to take a picture. And I look and there was a van. It said Carl's plumbing. Now, my uncle was very handy. He could do plumbing. He could build shelves. And the van said Carl with a K. And next to that was a yellow taxi cab with my mom's birthday on it. Oh my and I said, wow. That I said, they lined both of them as siblings lined up. I have the phone picture in my phone. And I just thought that's incredible. And I wasn't thinking of them. I wasn't asking them for a sign. So those to me are really the best signs that we get from our loved ones. And the signs are important, right? You know, they, 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 they remind us, they, they can lift us and they sure. let us know. And, and if you are aware, you'll see them a lot more frequently than most people think. Exactly. And they were always around. Always. And the signs can come in some different forms. You know, there's times if I'm, again, like, let's say I'm in my head about something and then I turn a corner and I see, let's say I see an elderly person walk, you know, really struggling to walk. And I'm always reminded by things that I see and go, okay. You know, like there was a day, I'll give you a funny story. What's sort of now not so funny, but funny at the same time. <laughs> so it was about two months ago. I, I had been here in my neighborhood and it was a Sunday. It was a nice, beautiful day. A lot of people out, but it was a lot of noise, a lot of horns honking, sirens. And it really was getting on my nerves. So as I turn onto my street, I noticed that there's a stretcher outside of one of the buildings. And it wasn't your ordinary stretcher. And I kind of knew, I thought what that is. So there was a couple that live in the building that know me and they were outside and I go, oh, I go, somebody passed away in your building. They go, yeah, an elderly lady. Yeah. And as I'm standing there, now these two guys bring this deceased person out in the black body bag, which I had never been that close to ever before. Yeah. And I feel this on my shoulder, my mom going, you know, that's not you in there. <laughs> so it's like, right, because only a half hour early, I was like, ah. You know, from the traffic yeah, noise and perspe perspective, mom says. Yeah. So when you said to me about the happy part earlier, yeah, for the most part, but there are those things that can, you know, shift. And you have to, at Cartoli talks a lot about how all these great guys like at Cartoli and Dr. Joe Dispenza are talking about how to really quiet the ego voice, reworking your brain. So I'm a work in progress as well. Well, you know, and that's so powerful though, because, you know, we do that. That's what life is about. It just is that is that little game, that little dance of of getting yourself back in balance. And and I always feel like if you if you present yourself too perfect, that's almost like unpalatable to me. I like I like people to be human because then I know that you can relate to the stuff. Yeah, that I, I think that so if I will say something here about even vulnerability, I think that's why so many people really were drawn or still drawn to John Lennon and even Princess Diana. And it's not yes. so much about their status of what they were. I think it's just about their vulnerability, yeah. you know, and how they showed themselves to the world. I agree 100%, especially with the, the, the new generation coming up. It's all about transparency and vulnerability. And a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. And so it's about how do you connect to you? Cause it, it's, there's the, there's a dual conversation, right? You know, like I got to, connect with spirit but i also got to connect with my spirit right right and that's work too oh yeah <laughs> I, I mean any of these people that put out books and a lot of people that are similar to us or that are in the spiritual field i mean whether it was dr wayne dyer or it's byron katie who wrote a book called the work all 
all everybody that is on earth or has been on earth has always gone through something that is to bring you back to the most important ingredient love self-love yes right and because even if you sit there and think like muhammad ali had that great saying i am the greatest right which worked for him and it wasn't about his ego he just that's how i understand he, that that's how he brought it up to do this how he brought himself yeah. well the two most powerful words in the universe i am, I am. right I am. so I don't think he thought he's the better than anybody else. He just thought he's the greatest boxer. He didn't maybe think he's better than all the other boxers in the world. So when you're in that I am presence, that I am divinity, then that's where you're really fully, I think, alive. But when you start going, comparing, and I've been through this, you know, myself, even musically, you know, when you're comparing yourself to someone else or trying to fit in somewhere and you realize that all that is, is uh, it causes a lot more sadness. Yeah, I love that because I, I love pointing at Muhammad Ali because, you know, I loved his energy in your absolute, when you say I am the greatest, it's not a statement of ego. Right. It was, it was a, a powerful way of lifting himself up to get himself ready. I mean, being an athlete, is crazy and you got to get ready for this fight you got to fight for a living which is which is to me it's like that's intense to make a living punching people to death is wild and then you got to pull yourself up to do that every day big guy comes out and you gotta <laughs> you gotta do it when the rest yeah. of us is just getting up and going to work in your job in your in your profession with your clients are you involved in that with people other than just reading do you do you find that you have to do a lot of pulling people up to help them face the day? in your process it has happened numerous times today it seems hard for people and we just came out of what i i want to call the three years that's what i call it you know the 2020 the 2021 and the 2022 where it was a challenge and you know it was the lessons it was like a real experience being human on earth how do you uh, what were the messages, the kinds of messages you were receiving from Spirit about what we were going through, starting with the pandemic and moving through that? Well, the pandemic, that, that has a, that's a big subject in itself. And we're still semi in yeah. it, actually. Uh, and the, and on our way out, trying. Yeah. <laughs> and the real, and I think the real way to heal that is healing the wounds that are within us, all of us. We all have wounds in us that go back from day one, from being in the womb. So it could have been that we were in the mother's womb and maybe the mother and the father were fighting and they had fears about having a baby. Who knows? They Maybe they didn't want a kid. And then you come out and there's all these different things through not only just family, but societal stuff that has transpired. So oh, I think the pandemic, if I look at it from a spirit point of view, as opposed to a thing that, you know, happened out of a lab and all that. But if I look at it from the bigger picture, it was to, to show, and the fact that so many people passed away, yeah. I think it's really to show people that we're not as invincible as we think. And that, see, because that pandemic happened worldwide, it wasn't localized in one city, state, or country. It, it could have happened to any of us. And it sort of somewhat did because somebody knows somebody that passed. I do. I know a few people who passed away yeah. from it. And you're, I think it's about coming together, unity. And there was so much already in that template of a lot of displaced anger, you know, even in a political climate and all these different things that have been happening for centuries. Now, granted, somebody could say, well, there was a pandemic a hundred years ago, which is true. There was, you know, but I think this one was to kind of maybe Get us, even though there was fear there and people had the mask and, you know, did social distancing and all this stuff. I still think that that's why it was so great with Zoom, that people could still connect and interact with each other. You could still show up and say to somebody, hey, I love you. I'm sorry that I'm not sitting next to you physically, but we got this and I, I, I'm here for you. I love you. So coming out of this pandemic, you know, because I always think that while we're here on Earth, there's always going to be the polarity. There's always duality and yeah. I don't know if in your lifetime and my, my lifetime, we're going to see this age of Aquarius where everybody's all lovey, duffy, hugging and kissing. Because Aquarius is really funny enough about as Aquarius, as beautiful as that sign is and how it's very smart in a way of technology. 
and it's very humanitarian. Uh, I don't think it's really the most affectionate zodiac sign. It, like they're beautiful to look at. Like there's a lot of Aquarius people. They're striking to look at. Yeah, they are. But I don't think that they're all that. You know, because they're they're more of a mental sign. So they're more thinking and than feeling. And so where my zodiac sign, Cancer, the zodiac sign is more of a feeler. Yeah, you guys are all about the heart. Yeah, we're more the feelers, but I have a Virgo rising where there's the thing he comes in too. So, uh, but there's there's this feeling I think that what's happening now is I don't think we're meant to be. First of all, the world does not need saving. We're not here to save anybody. I'm not saying that hey, call nine one one. Somebody needs help. That, yeah. That's a different please saving. Do, yeah, please do help people when they're. We're not here to save somebody from eternal damnation if you will, or whatever it is, or, you know, if you want to make the Lord your, you know, your savior, that's great. But your job is not necessarily making it forcing it upon other people. And that's what I do in my readings. For instance, when somebody asks me, do you see me ever getting married? I tell them right away, you're, if you're asking me that question, that's, you have a bigger problem because you should be able to see yourself if that's what you yeah. desire for yourself, then have an ask yourself, why is it that you desire to get married? But you also want to create what is the ideal mate for you, yeah. you know, and then allowing that to show up or acting as if it already has happened. So when someone, I always try to give people their power back because if someone's asking me those basic life questions, which are legitimate, and even if I get downloaded from spirit that somebody's going to meet so-and-so and they have this kind of uh, career or whatever it may be. That's all good. But I'm also, I also take responsibility and feeling like I'm putting, I'm aware that I might be putting a seed in their head. So it's like that placebo effect and nocebo effect. So it's like that, like as Grace Slick, whose, whose daughter I actually I do know. Love Grace Slick, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know Grace Slick's daughter, China. And when, when that song from White Rabbit, that the one pill will make you know the small one pill makes you tall one yes. makes you small so i'm very conscientious about no, that uh, so that was really it i think it's just a really you know giving people their power back and doing what feels best for you you know if if, if anything i can say to somebody is like if if we're more here in our heart and listening here about anything that pertains to us or for us, then I think that really just helps us go a long way. But everybody's on their own journey and learning through different, right? You know, whatever contrasts. Well, I love this. You said something that I I, I have lots of respect for. It's like there's a responsibility. You have to be responsible. And um, when I talk about um, psychics and mediumship, I always have this thing where I call people looking for the sexy. They all come and they like you know, where'd I leave my keys? You know, am I going to meet the tall, handsome stranger and all that stuff. And it's like, you have this person in front of you. Um, and it reminds me, I, I love the Simpsons. There's this episode of the Simpsons where Homer goes with, um, with his friend uh, from the Quickie Mart to meet like the guru of Quickie Mart because he's trying to find the answers to all life and he gets there. And the guy says, you have three questions and, I'll be able to and, and, and I'm going to give you the answers to all your questions. Homer says, are you really blah, blah, blah? And he says, yes. No, are you really? And he says, yes. He says, really, are you? He says, yes. He says, thank you. Come again. And he sends them away. It's like you have an opportunity <laughs> to get all the answers you could ever want. Yeah. How, you know, do you have a way of like kind of setting expectations or do you counsel and coach before you work with your people? Or are you just kind of just receive them and let it go the way it goes? Well, first of all, that's, you got me laughing thinking about Homer Simpson doing that because you know, I could just see him going, is he, are you really for real? You know, like his voices, right? And so it's hilarious. It's one of my and, scenes. And he uses up those three questions like, yep. you're done. You're done. <laughs> so, <It's over. laughs> uh, so sorry. What was the. Got, well, it's like, I, yeah, people, yeah, thanks. You got Homer Simpson in my head. I yeah. got it. But hey, there are worse things you can have in your head. <laughs> When people come to you, do you have like a like a, a set expectation kind of talk with them or do you just kind of let them if they say if they ask the three questions and they're like, OK, if this is what you want. I mean, how do you handle that in terms of, of when you work with people? Well, I, I really think it's being very OK. So to start off with, when I do readings of challenge sees people and I write this on my website as well, it's written there rather that. I can't guarantee a certain loved one is going to show up. They usually do because you love them and they love you, but you might get your mother's best friend. You might get someone you don't like. I don't know. 
I don't make the rules up. No, you don't control. You know, I have the I have the right to ask spirit to step forward or step back. I I do have that right to do that. As far as the answers to those things that you're asking, I think it's also giving them back that responsibility. So if somebody is, I've had that sometimes where not luckily not so much, but a few times where I've had maybe a client ask me the same question and I've answered it. And then they try to reframe it a different wording or way. And I'm like, I'm going to answer it the same way you just asked. Yeah. So it's, it's also having to set that boundary because again, I wouldn't want to make somebody codependent on me. I wrote in my website, I wouldn't want somebody to be a psychic junkie. Oh, I love so that. It's, it's those answers within, but I am happy that when I can connect with spirits and there's a validity that that's, you know, your loved one. And even if they say, Hey, there's a baby coming and somebody says, you know, I just found out I'm pregnant. See, those are beautiful things. Those kinds of things I really love. I love that. That is amazing. And that's kind of that evidential situation where you can tap. How does that yeah. feel when you're talking to somebody and they go, Oh my God, like maybe like the, the example you gave or like I smell coconut, like, oh my God, my mom used to love to go. How often does that happen for you? And how does that feel? As a All the time. I'll give one great story. I mean, there's so many, but if I'll give one that happened to me about a year ago, it was a lady I read. It was, I believe the only time I've read her actually. That would definitely, that particular day was the first time I read her, but I don't think I've read her since. So her mom had come through and her mom showed me these like long fingers, what I would call piano fingers. Yeah. So I said, did your mom have, these long like piano fingers like elongated fingers and she said no so then the mother shows me the fingers the index fingers going like this and she shows me that painting called the creation of adam right so i says wait a minute wait a minute your mom is showing me this painting by michelangelo the creation of adam she goes are you i can't say but she (laughs) said like you know uh for real um but she used a different phrasing but i can't say it because we're on air and um I'm like, yeah, she goes, I got to send you this picture. She says, I'm sitting in my living room and behind me on the wall was a mural of that exact thing. I'm like, really? So she sent me the picture. I actually have posted it on my Facebook page because when I saw that, even I myself, because when I was doing the reading for her, I was on the telephone. So I couldn't see her. She couldn't see me. And when I got that validity of that, I was like, wow, that's freaking cool. So that tells her. Her mom was right there in the room, yeah. knew that painting, the mural. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it's it's those things that for me, and I, I have hundreds of stories like that, that make me feel like, wow, that's in, like so cool. It's humbling, right? Yeah. It's humbling. But at the same time, it makes me just go, wow. Like there's no way I could pull that rabbit out of my head. There's no way. And you, you had this really great summary of kind of what coming out of you know as we evolve out of the pandemic and now we're moving into this this new year and um 2023 we got the two we got the four we got the three we got all the seven we have all these really powerful elements and i've talked to a bunch of people that are like it's going to be a great year what is your feel of this space we're about to we're about to step into in 2023 honestly i haven't really thought much about it because i try to live life in the moment and knowing that maybe, maybe because not to sound cynical, maybe because I'm aware that about 70 million people worldwide passed away in 2022. So I try not to think too much ahead for my own self, but what I can say again, there's a lot that's shifting. We're about to go into the year of the water rabbit in the Chinese era. So when the pandemic happened, that was the year of the metal rat. So that's where metal rat represents that actually represented the lungs. The following year in 2021, yeah, this is what I know from one of my feng shui friends and then uh, who practices the the classical feng shui, what they call the uh, uh, Chinese way, the compass way. Then in 2021, the year of the ox, that was where the vaccines came in. Then we've been in the year of the tiger, the water tiger in 2022. And that's where we've seen a lot of kind of... uh, a lot of non-loving kind of things that are out in the news. Yeah. Uh, but in the year of the rabbit, I would say that definitely subsides. And the rabbit is more, you know, a friendly, gentler animal than a tiger, obviously. So it's much more affectionate. And I think there's a little bit more lovey-dovey going on and uh, and all that. But actually, at the same time, I would say that the best thing that all of us can always do is just really be present in the moment of now and then 
you be the operant power to create the life that you wish to have. I love that. You, you, you it's a, it goes back to what we started with. It's, it's on you to kind of you. decide what you, what you want to do and taking the steps. You can get help, but you right. have to make the decision of what you want to do. That's powerful. It's you have the power to create your life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of depend and think, well, okay, in seven months, life's going to be looking like this. It's like when people say, I look forward to when the summer happens. It's like, okay, that's okay. But now we're in the winter season, especially where I live in New York, even though it's been kind of warm uh, the past two days after we just had that big cold front come through. Yeah. But it's, you have, I think it's just really, again, really embracing the now. And there's nothing wrong with envisioning what you would love to have for your future. My husband says this really cool thing. Um, he talks about, uh, we're history buffs in my house. He talks about what we just went through and he, and he points to civil rights movement, all the stuff in the 60s is after that was all done, we had the summer of love. And so right. he, he's like 2023 is the summer of love. You know, that's a great perspective. I love that. I mean, because I came slightly after the summer of love, but I, I in my, so in my own fantasies, I go, yeah, I can see why. I wonder what I would have been like if I had. I, I do that too. <laughs> you know, besides the whole rock and roll thing with me, but like yeah. if I had existed in the 1960s, because I'm a child of the 1970s. So if I had existed in the 1960s as a young man, then, <laughs> oh, I would have been probably I wild in the summer. You would have had a great time. <laughs> yeah. But you I can still that. have a great time. I do that all the time. I look at the music, you know, I, I, I too, you know, Gen Xers, you know, Unite. Uh, yeah. But I'm also very drawn to the music of the 60s and Led Zeppelin, all that stuff, because I feel like they they had a different kind of freedom in how they presented themselves. It was just so different, less angry, more loving, more fun, more fabulous. And it's just great. So I, I'm the same. I'm with you right there. <laughs> yeah. But what was also great, you know, when when the time of the 60s that was rough and you're talking about the civil rights movement and yeah. a lot of these bands, whether you had whether it was the Jimi Hendrix experience, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, a lot of bands that were uh, Sly and the Family Stone, a lot of bands that were promoting, talking about that time, also in trying to promote, you know, nonviolence and more love. And, you know, whether it was the Beatles, All You Need Is Love, or you had, uh, uh, was it the Young Bloods? Come on, people. Uh, uh, the song's called, uh, the band's called The Young Bloods. Come on, people now. Come on, brother. Everybody, yeah, put together. Yes, that's a good song. Yeah, that one. Song. And so you had these songs that were kind of all represented. And then when you talk about bands like Led Zeppelin and all these different, a lot of these groups, I also grew up on and love, and they're a big part of my life. And it's so so cool because they call me uh, rock and roll angel sometimes, and it and it tickles me because it's like, how do you um, how do you have this side to you and still be a media. I'm like, what kind of question is that? If we all have our side, you know, I'm not sitting around listening to classical music and meditating a hundred percent of my time. Me neither. You know, I still go out and have a good time just like everybody else. Sure. And I love that, that that's that human, that transparency. Um, I have a question for you about um, loss you know, if you could give, there was a lot of loss. We lost a lot of people. I lost multiple people that I knew from friends to family members from 2020, um, all ages. I had a 34 year old young man that was a good friend. He was a sport. He was an athlete. And mysteriously, as a result of COVID, woke up one day and he was, he was gone. Can you speak to grief for people? You know, what, what is your advice as we come out of this so we can heal and then you know, move on. What kind of words do you have for the public for this? Well, first of all, my condolences, you know, to you, of course, for your the, the loss that you've had experienced with people, your loved ones. Grief is it's important that we honor that. You know, I but I think it's important not to. I think it's important to really celebrate the life of someone. You know. I'm not saying to not honor that you feel sad and all, but I know deceased people would not want us to not function. They wouldn't want us to not take care of ourselves. So it's it's okay. Grief is a real emotion. It's okay to honor that process and, mix, and go through whatever those feelings are, even if it means talking to a counselor. 
But I would say that from what I know, from talking to so many deceased people in my life, they want us to celebrate not only them, but to celebrate ourselves and celebrate who is physically still here. Yeah, my family's from New Orleans. So that celebration process, which a lot of people don't understand, if you've ever seen or been to a, a classic New Orleans celebration, you, you go to the cemetery, everybody's sad, you have your remembrance, and then they play the music and they mm. dance. And so I agree with you. I think that that the celebration is more powerful and it helps to lift you up from, from where you are. Now, you are also a musician, right? Yes. Talk to me about that. I want I want to know about Glenn as a musician. What kind of music do you do? And uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess, you know, my when I was a little kid, I mean, I, my brother, I, I have a brother who's older than me. He's a decade older than me. So, and he's also a musician. He's a bass player. And so I had got not only the, all those influences from him that of music that he introduced me to, all the rock and roll grades that we were talking about, as well as that my mom and dad had in their record collection, they had a lot of these adult contemporary people, whether it was like Andy Williams, Frank Sinatra and Barbara Streisand and Connie Francis and all. So I was actually really immersed with so much great music around me in both aspects and listening to jazz and different genres. But early on, I had such a love. I have a picture of me with as a where I'm have with a snare drum. It's like the first instrument that I had. And then I evolved into things like a xylophone, a flute harmonica. And finally, I got a guitar. I had maracas also and a tambourine and whatnot. But I've always just had that love for music, as most people do. But I also wanted to be it, to play it. And so uh, I've been really blessed to have made music with some really great musicians, a lot of notable musicians, actually that have played on my songs. So it's not like I've played on their records, they've played on mine. And when I used to play live, that was always fun, whether I was playing an acoustic show by myself or I'd play with a full band. But I enjoy the process of recording to have this song idea that I came up with, whether it was on a bass guitar, a regular guitar or piano, and then go into the studio and record that and hear how that song has now taken on a life of its own. That's really cool. And so- And I also sing, of course. So now um, with your music, uh, are you um, kind of in that kind of pop or rock or go? Are you playing new agey? What kind of music do we no, hear? It's, no, it's, it's definitely not new age. It's, no it's new age, no, no, no chimes. And <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's some songs that have songs of mine, like uh, that has a little bit of a new age kind of feel. There's a song of mine called Follow Your Bliss under my music name, Glenn with two N's, Kid with two D's. That song is just, uh, I wrote on piano and I play piano on that track and, and I play guitar on it. And that kind of has a sort of a new age kind of feel. And there's this other song of mine called She Chants Buddha's Mantras. And that song is a kind of a mixture. It has a little bit of like, you hear these, it's from a keyboard, this, uh, 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 it's like Enya kind of thing. And then there's, you hear marimba in there. And so it's got a little bit of like rock, it's got a little new age and it's got a little like Latin marimba kind of thing going on there. And so it's a nice, it's a nice, it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, but I guess the genre wise, I guess you could say it's pop rock. Pop rock? Yes. You talk about signs. We talked about that earlier. And I always um, remind people that music can have signs in them too. I'll, I'll share a story with you and I want your, your thoughts on this. You know, I told you about how um, broken I was when I lost my mother. And her, I came up in spiritualism and her and I were like dancing partners in this journey. And the first thing that happened when she left is for me was silence. And I was broken. I was like, oh my God, after all this we've been through, I, I get nothing. And uh, she, she left us in July and in the Christmas season came and I got this download. Your mother's got a message for you and you'll be, see, you'll hear from her on Christmas day. And so what did I do? Of course, Christmas Eve, I was up all night <laughs> waiting to get this message from my mother. And my daughter and I are into anime together. So I was watching this anime and I was starting to get worked up because I was like, oh, nothing. What? Come on, man. You, you know, that whole stuff that we all go through. And I was watching this little series and the series went off and it went off with this big production number where all the little characters came out and they sang this song. The title of the song was Mother. 
And in the song, it had the words, um, basically, be strong, speak your voice, let your spirit shine, and follow your fire, which were all exactly what my mother would have told me. And I'm like, oh my God, that was amazing. And it was 12.05 on Christmas morning when that part of the show came on. And so it's like music has signs too, right? Absolutely. And I go through it all the time in readings where there's certain songs that, because obviously spirits can see, they look around, they see musical equipment around me and and look, well, the look is one thing, but the, <laughs> that doesn't, nor here, nor there. Rock and roll, Glenn, come on. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but they, they use a lot of times songs that bring that. And that's a beautiful thing about music of any genre that can lift us up. Also, when I write lyrics for a lot of my songs, like my most recent song, Give Up the Ghost, I wrote also on piano. I play piano on the track. That's actually one of the only songs I have that's out in the public domain that doesn't have that I'm not playing. There's no guitar on. Uh, I did an acoustic guitar track, but I actually took it out because it was sort of a little interfering in my piano, and I wanted the piano to be more dominant with the string section that's in there. So there's bass and there's drums and great musicians that played on it. Guys that played with Billy Idol and John Jett, and uh, which one of them is my brother, and the other one is Tommy Price, who is the drummer for both Billy Idol and John Jett, and uh, my friend Tommy Mandel played with Brian Adams. He did the, all the string stuff. So, and my friend Jennifer Rohn is the background singer out there. And so me, but the, the lyrics, you know, when I, because the music came to me first, and I had the title and I had the piece of music, but then the lyrics started to come once I had recorded the music track. And it's amazing because I I think in those cases, there's certain songs that I know that there are beings that are downloading the pieces of music as well as uh, lyrics to me. And I try to write lyrics, or I shouldn't say I try it. My main goal in writing songs is in a universal way that lyrically, uh, kind of like Lenny Kravitz, he's one of my big inspirations. So I like to write songs that are kind of have these messages like what a lot of his songs are. Like a lot of people don't realize that his song, Are You Gonna Go My Way, is about Jesus. So, you know, it's sort of, I, I look at kind of writing songs that are like that, that bring people together and that can lift them up out of that. I love that. Um, I don't think I ever knew that. I love Lenny Kravitz, so I, I'm, it makes me, me happy. Too. I'm happy to hear that. And so the the mediumship and the musician it's almost like a little it's like the completion of the path of the package in my mind because yeah. what is the what is that saying um music soothes the the, the soul of the savage beast uh, i think is what it is it's like if you allow the music the vibration the energy and then the love coming from the musician it's 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 all about that love is what i is what i hear yeah it's all about the love and you know, it's funny, there's another medium named Glenn, his actual, it spells like Glenn with two ends like me, his name is Glenn Dove, that's really his name, he was from Long Island, he now lives in Florida, and he also is a medium and a musician, he's actually a drummer, but it's it's like kind of cool, from, and there's another medium I know on Long Island uh, named Christopher Allen, and he's a really good medium, uh, he's a singer and piano player. Wow, and I, that's so cool, do you, do you um, talk about past lives in your in your process is there a past life um, very rare very rarely and even sometimes when that has come through you know there's certain things and i can look at like where people maybe have known each other but at the same time it's really hard to prove that this is true so i i i already have enough of sometimes having to prove the deceased people that you do know in this lifetime <laughs> so to me to tell you that 1472 you lived as uh whatever you know somewhere Somebody can go, well, but there are times that's so funny in readings where I can see certain things and somebody can say to me, you know what, I totally relate to that culture or whatever it is that comes out of that particular part, but I don't technically do past life readings. Don't touch past life readings. If people wanted to connect with you, Glenn, how would they do that? What, what, what um, is the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, send me a telepathic message. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, they just go to my website, which is named after me. It's Glenn with two N's, Klausner, K-L-A-U-S-N-E-R.com. And I'll have that linked on the show for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I'm on Facebook. You know, I have, I have a, a, one of those Facebook business pages under my name that they can okay. go to as well. 
That's 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 awesome. I'm I'm so thrilled to talk to you. Um, you have such great energy. You really well, do. Thank you. I love you. So energy. do you. Thank you. And I and I like one of these days we have to 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 breach the the coast because I'm out here on the west coast. You're out there on the east coast. We have to you know meet one day and absolutely and have some fun. Um, what is what message would you like to leave uh, with people? Because I'm looking at my clock. I'm like, oh. My time is coming to an end. Oh, okay. Well, and again, thank you so much for having me on. It's so great to see you and all the best of, to you for the new year and to your family and good health, of course. Uh, the message to leave for everybody, I guess it's going to sound cliche, but I'm going to go back to uh, what's been said so many times before is love. That's love. No, love I'm yourself, not. love yourself, most importantly. Not to say that you shouldn't love someone else, but love yourself, important. Yeah. I feel like remember people used to do this thing, loser. I think that should be changed to love, love, because well, that's love. That's love in the sign language, right? Yeah. Client, she taught me that. She's like love. So instead of jazz hands, we do yeah. <laughs> we do love, yeah. and love, love is the key to everything, right? Yes, and even if we have the inability to love someone else, that's okay. You know. It's really, I think, just more the more love that we are to ourselves, and that's not egotistical. If we're just loving ourselves as we are, whether you have a gray hair in your head or whatever's going on, it helps the whole collective because we really are one race, if you will, the, the whole human race, the collectiveness. Yeah. Or not beyond the one human race. It's also we deal with animal and plant life, too. So everything gets affected. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you very, very much for coming. I'm, I like I said, this was I was looking so thank forward you. to coming out of the coming out of the holiday and start my week talking to you. And I'm looking forward to connecting. I hope that we get a chance to to talk to each other again. And I hope we that will. we get a chance to meet soon. Thank you everybody thank you, for coming. Say bye to Glenn. Bye, bye everybody. Have a fantastic day, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.